Gavin. Hey, Louie. Um, how you been? How you doing? Uh, I'm great. I, I think I'm great. And this, Do I look great? You look excellent. Oh, the, thank you. Your hair is always, you're like putting your hand up like, please don't, yeah, don't make I, me sing. Don't I, make me sing. I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. I mean, it is, you've got like the nice little like salt and pepper. It like, it looks really good. I met up with a friend who I haven't seen in a very long time over the weekend. And she's like, you look this exact same. And I was like, not true. I'm so gray now. And she's like, in this lighting, who could tell? Who could tell, honey? In this um, post spooky season, um, as we crawl toward the holidays, it's in season. You should put a scarf on. I should. I just, should. just complete the look. I'll huh? just pop on some, some fashion glasses. Not actual glasses. I have perfect fashion. vision. Yeah. Fashion glasses. Okay, also, LOL, you have perfect vision that you're colorblind. Right. Well, you know, God doesn't give with both hands, to quote you. Yeah I, yeah, I made that up, actually. I was the one who said God. I also like, um, in the uh, um, listeners, you can't see, but right behind Gavin is a part of his Halloween costume, um, which oh. is a full, the, the Batman phantasm claw. <laughs> and spooky season is behind us. Yes. Specifically behind Gavin. Physically. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey everyone, this is the Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast in which we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or a mini genre, and we give you a brief history and then we talk about what we think is great and what we think is not so great. We give you the low down and then we get real high up. Um I, I mean we, that, I we hit those those alto tenor notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Is that you singing? No. <laughs> Just like <laughs> No, okay. Oh, it is turkey they, season. They, there it is. There, <laughs> there's the thread. Uh, yeah, we take two weeks. Uh, we watch as much as we can. We come back and for the discourse. This is all for the discourse, okay? Yes. Never forget. We did it all for the discourse. Yeah, we did it for the discourse. We did it for the discos. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> okay, well, I, I failed this improv on a one. I thought you were a dancing queen, but... <laughs> Oh my God, have you listened I don't, to- yes, and, I know, and stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> full stop. Uh, full stop before we get into this episode. Our last episode, which was our uh, final, not final, but like of the season, of this year. It was the final girl. It was the final girl of our spooky season. We talked all about werewolves, um, and we had Craig Mann on, uh, author, academic, um, soothing voice. Yes. I had multiple people mm-hmm. tell me that he should come on again because they like listening to him. And, you know, he's more than welcome to come on anytime. He, he's probably never going to hear this, but more than welcome to come on <laughs> yeah. he wants. If you guys like, so now that you guys have heard it and you know, ah, uh, this is the podcast that you can put on to go to bed to because yes. Craig's voice is just so soothing. <laughs> As he tells you about werewolves literally tearing families apart. Correct. <laughs> That's just the soothing um, sounds that you come to the mixed reviews for. Um, we asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite werewolf movie and here are the results. Late Phases, which was Craig's pick, came in at last place at 2%. I think it's like the modern ones were hard, were hard, hard sell, you know, not yeah. as much emotional connection there. Um, the Company of Wolves, which was my pick, came in at third place with 22%. Other, real, a real whopper with 37%. Yeah. But I mean, there's just like so many movies. Yeah, absolutely. And it does seem like a lot of people were leaning towards... 
American Werewolf in London. Correct. Which I totally understand because it is classic, but because it's John Landis, all uh, of you are canceled now. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, we got a couple of yeah. responses saying, I'm so sorry that it is <laughs> American, American Werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We got it. Um, I have to uh, give a shout out to our um, ex-host, our ex-host, ex-guest, Trana, um, responded with Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and I'm so mad yeah. that we didn't bring it up during the episode because I love Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Hey, it's so fun. Listen, we got a response about Wolfwalkers. Yeah. Oh, I loved Wolfwalkers. Oh, it was in my top films of last yes. year. Yes. Didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about it. Love Wolfwalkers. Well, th- so. Both very good. And especially if you like, and they're for kids. Both, yeah. both movies are for kids of and adults because they're both so, so good. So uh, thank you to our very excellent listeners for, uh, you know, reminding us that we totally missed over both Wolfwalkers and Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Um, Okay, and so that means in first place was Gavin's pick, Ginger Snaps, 39%. You were very nervous for picking Ginger Snaps, Gavin. I was. Well, because, and, and once again, like, not to not to besmirch Craig, but he does write a very controversial opinion in his Hot book take. Hot take. That it is perhaps overexposed. Yeah. But also, because it's an academic book, and by the way, the book I'm referencing is Phases of the Moon, A Cultural History of the Werewolf Film by Craig Ian Mann. There you go. There's your extra plug, Craig. <laughs> and I mean, you can you can't really tell how he feels about the film either. And he clearly loves all the films he's writing about. But I do understand that academically, it is a very covered film. But there's a reason for that. It's an easy mark because it is so distinct and it breaks the mold in such a very you know it's it's annoying how clever it is. Yeah, because it's just like you're like oh my god all the metaphors fall into place so easily. Right. And it's frustrating that, like, it's taken 10 billion years for us to get to a place where a movie about werewolves and, like, young women and right. um, growing up and it, And it's together. not, you know, just as a thought process on the fact that we live in such a patriarchal society. Yeah. In the 50s, we got I Was a Teenage Werewolf, but it was about men and boys. Yeah. And that, yeah. of course, it couldn't have been about women. Yeah. So it literally took them... 40, 45 years to finally be like, oh, wi- women. Oh, and there's this thing called women. And it's like ridiculous because it's not even they. It's like a tiny independent Canadian yes. movie. Like it's just. Uh, so, yes, Ginger Snaps. Very well deserved. Um, I loved it, too. Yeah, it's great. Um, before we get into what tonight's episode is actually going to be about, I do want to give a shout out. As I say, if you go to Apple Podcasts and you leave us a review, we'll read it on the show. And we actually got a new review from Canada. Uh, this review is entitled, Here Thanks to Trana. Yes, Ding. girl. Yes, girl, Trana. <laughs> get all the shout outs this episode. Uh, there was a shout out to this pod on Chosen Family from Trana Wittour. All I want to do is talk about movies, and it's so nice that for once ever, it's not a het film bro podcast. What the fuck are you even saying? This is the most het bro film <laughs> yeah. podcast ever. What up, bruh? <laughs> uh, I love the mix of camp and, quote, cinema. That's me. She's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I did make you a t-shirt that just says camp and cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just went back to listen to the old monster eps for spooky ookie season. And I love, love, loved the ghost ep. Thank you so much. I, oh, well, that is from Boss Toes via Apple Podcasts in Canada. Uh, I love the ghost episode too. Uh, it's so funny that, that I, I feel like that one was harder to do for the spookier season mm-hmm. because I think ghosts are 
so much more personal than <laughs> than say like zombies or or vampires or witches or, right ghosts or, or, also are hard because they're not inherently scary yes it's a very spiritual it's and it, and that was maybe one of the most wide ranging um, yeah. monster episodes we've done because it was I remember being like do we have to see the ghost or is it like right. the possibility of a ghost? Like, are we talking about haunted houses here? Like, where, right. where are we the... just talking Patrick Swayze? Right. Are we making pottery? Yeah. Are we kissing Whoopi Goldberg? I mean, we're kissing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you. Um, boss toes. Is that right? Boss, yes. toes. boss toes for writing in. We really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, you're our people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole reason we did this. I, I, don't know how many other film. I mean, there's plenty of other queer themed movie podcasts out there, but it is nice to to be able to put our opinions out in the ring and you know, yeah, let, let our voices be heard. Hello, okay, thank you, America, Canada. Canada. <laughs> Those are two places. <laughs> other countries, yes. Other club, other club. <laughs> I've heard of this one called Germany. It's okay. great. Yeah. Um, okay. Werewolves, thank you so much. Uh, we will see you next spooky ooky season. I will see you, uh, Ryan Gosling, in yeah. The Wolfman. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but, Gavin, what are we here to talk about today? We are here to talk about maybe one of the most beautiful people breathing on this planet, mm. but also underappreciated for her talent, mm. and maybe the biggest heart in Hollywood. Wow, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. I I would argue. Like, can you think a more famous woman in Hollywood than Angelina Jolie? When you think a like a plus a like gold, yeah, like top of the Hollywood hill. Like, and I'm not, and it's this is not like a personal thing. I'm saying I think. Truly, yeah, like Angelina Jolie r- represents maybe of of like one of the last like she feels like an old Hollywood starlet, and we don't have a lot of those anymore. It's so funny doing this episode. I just kept thinking, and and I, you know, however you feel about Elizabeth Taylor is how you feel because I know there's some people who believe that she could never act. Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing acting styles, but I just kept thinking like. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Because Elizabeth Taylor was a an actor whose career spanned decades, but was also constantly in the tabloids, but was also very generous with her money. Yes. And very generous about the causes that she supported. And Absolutely. obviously, I think there's big parallels between some of the previous people we've done. Very Jane Fonda, mm-hmm. very Audrey Hepburn, yep. with, with the way that she spends her time. And yep. But that old school Hollywood glamour will always be Elizabeth Taylor to me. Yeah. I mean, it's funny hearing you say Audrey Hepburn really like sparked with me because she at the time and still is known as one of the most beautiful women to ever be in Hollywood. But as we discussed in our Audrey Hepburn episode, she spent a lot of her career, one, proving her talent, and then two, just giving away so much of her money, so much of her um, platform for uh, those in need, Um, which obviously, you know, most people do know that um, Angelina Jolie, like, I I would say at this point, she's 
doing that more than acting. I, well, I mean, and we'll get there. We'll get to the reason why she doesn't do a lot of movies nowadays. But I would say, and I don't have proof of this because she has not said this, but I would say the only reason she is acting is to supplement the charity work that she's doing. Right. Because she has so much money now that she does not have to be acting. Yeah, and she's been raising her family yeah. for a long time. In- Six kids. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And, and then once again, I know when we say that, I know people are like, oh, must be nice when you're that rich to afford help. But listen, it's very clear that Angelina Jolie is very present in her children's lives. Yes. And I would be... You know, I would be remiss if anybody thought that she wasn't. Right. There's a reason why. I mean, because, listen, there are a lot of very beautiful people who do not make it in Hollywood. Um, and, you know, yes, she is beautiful, but there are a lot of beautiful people. I will get that callback someday. Okay. Right? Hello. Okay. <laughs> I- I'm, I'm getting just, it. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Um, but I think there is something, you know, when people talk about her, there it's more than beauty. There is like this charisma there is this presence. Yeah. Like, I mean, there it's it's truly that it factor. When, and the reason why people, when she was so young, were like, we need her on screen because the camera just loves her. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of our Michelle Pfeiffer episode because yeah. she was known as the face, you know, and, and also was having to fight against that and prove that she was very talented. And I think Angelina's kind of the same way. You know, she doesn't get as many opportunities, I think, to showcase how good yes, she is. I um, agree with that. But I do love that she kind of has like traveled in modes. She's like been action kick ass star for a little bit. She's been kind of, you know, a champion uh for the uh, you know, forgotten in a lot of her movies. Um, she dibbled and dabbled in some rom-coms. Yeah. She did a lot of thrillers yes. towards the early part of her career. Yes. So, um, very varied, very varied. Ha ha. Um, and is currently now in Eternals. So she, her first, uh, her first, right? Yeah. Her first Foray superhero in movie. superheroes. Um, I mean, I guess if you don't count Lara Croft, I mean, that's a video game thing. But that was before. And it's interesting. That's before yeah. superhero movies as we know them now were a thing. Um, so I'm excited to talk and and kind of really dissect and get into Miss Angelina Jolie. Why don't we get into a rewind? Angelina Jolie Voigt was born on June 4th, 1975. That makes her 40 fucking six years old. Nuts. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. It's it feels like Angelina Jolie has been a star forever. Yeah. For all 46 of those years. (laughs) Add 15 more. I I was trying to think, like, when was the first time I saw Angelina Jolie? I can't remember it because she's just kind of always been. I mean, Hackers was one of my favorite movies growing up. So that was definitely my first exposure to Angelina Jolie. And that pixie haircut, like, my my bisexual heart. Uh, I I watched Hackers for the first time for this. I texted you about it. I think my favorite thing that's been said about it that I was recently, like, going through was uh, our former guest, Glenn, who was on our Nicole Kimmon episode, in his letterbox review said, it's nostalgic for a time that never technically existed. Absolutely. And I was like, wow. Correct. Yeah. So true. Anyways, she was born in Los Angeles, California, to actors John Voight and Marceline Bertrand. She's the sister of actor James Haven. Her parents were separated in 1976 
which, if you're paying attention, makes her about six months old. That's nuts. Yeah. She and her brother lived with their mother, who had abandoned her acting ambitions to focus on raising her children. And she would often watch films with her mother, which is actually what inspired her to get into acting, and not necessarily the fact that her father is, in fact, a famous actor. Right. And also a famous asshole, but we'll get it. Famous, into. awful person. Um, It's funny because she talked about how her mother was a student of Stanislavski. And so she said when she was a kid, her mother would constantly, if Angela Julie was crying, her mother would constantly be like... Every time I was emotional, I was upset about something or anything was going on. She, um, she had me look at her and she would say, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are you... (laughs) (laughs) The method was like a three-year-old. I'm feeling... um." So I I grew up kind of very, uh, very aware of my own emotions. And, and we've mentioned Konstantin Stanislavski before in the in this show. Uh, very famous acting teacher and method actors. A lot of that comes specifically from him. And it's a lot of like living in your character. And she did have a bit part in John Voight's Looking to Get Out in 1982 at the age of seven. Her family moved to Palisades, New York when she was six years old. And then they eventually moved back to Los Angeles five years later. Hmm. And that's when she decided she was going to enroll at the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. Strasberg, another very famous acting teacher. This is the school based off of their technique. And she trained two years and appeared in several stage productions. It's funny because she was also going to Beverly Hills High School at the Ah. time. And she was very isolated uh, from all the other kids because she wasn't living off her father's money. And I think this is where a lot of people think like, oh, well, she's the daughter of a very famous person. But as we mentioned, John Voight's an asshole. So what they're doing is they're living off of her mother's very modest income. She says she was teased by the other students who targeted her for being extremely thin, for wearing glasses and braces. And she attempted to do modeling because her mom was like, why don't you try modeling? Mm. Didn't work. No one was into it, which I know sounds bonkers for her being Angelina Jolie. And she's like 15? Yes. Um, She then transferred to Monroe High School, which is an alternative school, and she became like a quote-unquote punk outsider. She would wear black. She was the girl from Hackers. Yeah, she was the girl from Exactly. Okay, also, she's the girl, she's Gia, but without the success (laughs) of being a model. She even decided that she wasn't going to act anymore, and she aspired to become a funeral director. She dropped out of acting classes, and she was like trying to take an at-home embalming course. This is where things are going to get a little dark and maybe a little alternative. And so I do want to put out a a warning, a trigger warning, if you will, just to say, uh, you know, self-harm and abuse. If if those are triggers for you, maybe skip ahead five minutes or so. That's all. She said that she had a live-in boyfriend Uh, When she was 14, her mother let a a boy live with her. So she was experimenting with sex in the other room next to her mother. Which was actually a very smart thing because I didn't, uh, I wasn't sneaking around and any kind of, you know, I had kind of my home, my base. So I was safe. But she also said during this time period that, you know, sex wasn't something that really gratified her. And she was looking for something more extreme. She got into knife play with her boyfriend and also got into self-harm, cutting herself in order to feel something deeper. Sex didn't feel like enough, and no emotions were really enough, and nothing really felt like it was... I didn't feel like there was always something you wanted to break out of or hit or feel more. 
be more connected to another person, something more honest. And in kind of a moment of wanting to find something honest, I grabbed a knife and, and uh, cut him. He cut me back, and we had this exchange of something. And then somehow covered in blood and feeling my heart was racing, and there was something dangerous in life, and um, suddenly felt more honest than whatever this sex was supposed to be, this connection between two people was supposed to be. Um, so I went through a period of when I'd feel trapped, I'd cut myself because it felt like I was releasing something and it was, it was, uh, it was honest. She eventually was able to, to get help. She started taking therapy as an elective from her high school. You could take therapy as an elective? Los Angeles, baby. I was going to say, okay, <laughs> LA, um... Yeah, that is tough to hear just because I think myself included, we all dabble in emotional like yeah. darkness as a teenager. Like we're full of fucking hormones, don't know what to do. Um, but for a lot of people, that is a reality where it goes beyond, you know, fucking trolling hot topic for right. <laughs> whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's. I, I, do, I don't think you hear that too often from celebrities. Right. Certainly not from one as successful and as um, perceived as like beautiful goddess like Angelina Jolie. I think people have a tendency to look at celebrities and assume that they don't have normal people problems. Right. Especially if that celebrity is a legacy. Right. Is somebody who's born to somebody who's already famous. But mental illness strikes yeah. yeah everyone yeah in in way in certain ways shapes or form yep you know it's it's not it's not like oh you're rich and famous well <laughs> i'm out of here yeah <laughs> bye-bye uh and so you know she did eventually get help for that uh at 16 that relationship ended and she decided to move out and she got her own apartment and started returning to theater studies wow uh she said she also struggled with insomnia and eating disorders <clears throat> And began experimenting with drugs. And by age 20, she said she'd used, quote, just about every drug possible, particularly heroin. Wow. Um, Not the particularly heroin. Yeah. Uh, she suffered episodes of depression and planned to commit suicide twice at age of 19 and at again at 22 uh, when she attempted to hire a hitman to kill her. Um <sighs> When she was 24, she experienced a nervous breakdown and was admitted for 72-hour watch to UCLA Medical Center's psychiatric ward. You know, she said that really her stability in her life never clicked in until she had kids of her own. Mm. Until she adopted her first kid, which only comes two years later when she's 26. That's so crazy! I, like, all this sort of, you know, uh, on top of all of this... Uh, She's had this lifelong dysfunctional relationship with John Voight. Other than mentioning John Voight being in Tomb Raider, we're probably not really going to talk about John Voight because that would be his own podcast. And we're probably never going to do that because he's like a crazy Republican asshole. But I will say... It's me and Gavin are like... We just know the people we're not going to cover. Yes, exactly. And John Boy, honey, you're on the list. (laughs) Their time together throughout their life was very sporadic. And they reconciled when they did Tomb Raider... But their relationship deteriorated again after that, and she petitioned the court to legally remove Voight from her surname uh, in favor of her middle name, which, by the way, as I mentioned, Jolie is actually her middle name. Voight then, in an interview with Access Hollywood, said that she had, quote, serious mental problems. So her mother and her brother were like, peace out. Like, fuck all the way off. They didn't speak again for six and a half years after that, but they did... um, 
reconnect in 2007 after her mother passed away. Hmm. I don't know the relationship now. I don't really care. Yeah. You know, she's her own person. This is not a John Voight podcast. When she was in that era of 16, living on her own in her apartment, she appeared in her brother's student films that he was making while he was attending USC School of Cinema and Television. Uh, She was in a bunch of music videos, Lenny Kravitz, Stand By My Woman, The Lemonheads, It's About Time, Meat Loaf's Rock and Roll, Dreams Come Through. Okay. I didn't know she was such a video vixen. Oh, yes, absolutely. And then she began a professional film career in 1993. Her first film is the direct-to-video science fiction sequel Cyborg 2. I'm so sorry. I could not find the time for Cyborg 2. (laughs) It was the first thing I watched. You said, let's go back, yeah. back to the very beginning. Like, Come to me. Um, she plays a robot assassin in it who has like a bomb inside her. And Elias Cotius, who's her trainer, falls in love with her. They want to use these cyborg women to like have sexual affairs with politicians and then blow up. And that's QAnon. Yeah, very, very, yeah that's QAnon. <laughs> very fembot. Yeah. Very okay. Austin okay. Powers. Okay. No, don't cast the blow your way, baby. No, they won't. I cost too much. But your boyfriend is dirt cheap. Give it up, Cyborg, or he's a dead man. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what makes it more bad is I think you can do high ambition sci-fi on a cheap budget as long as your film isn't boring. Right. And this was very boring. I can't imagine Fembot assassins and then boring yeah exactly it sounds like it wouldn't work together but But, you know two great flavors that go great together there you go (laughs) but uh funny enough her first movie she does nudity wow so and so is this the time when she's having these suicidal ideations yes okay yeah and so i mean that's pretty tough you know she (laughs) goes to the premiere of the movie sees it comes home and cries in her brother's lap and does an audition for another movie for a full year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She thought that she was like doing something and then and saw so this seeing, mess. So seeing herself on screen and it was so bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I could see that. Um, yeah. But that's, I mean, also she was 19, you said? Yeah. God. Um, in 1995, she does an independent film called Without Evidence, which I also saw. I think she's the best part of that movie. And she stars in her first big Hollywood movie, Hackers. What's your name? Kate. Kate Libby. Is your class. My class? You mean I'm, I'm not in your class? No, you're not in my class. Give me time. Hackers fails to make a profit, but ends up being a huge cult hit on video release. You said you had just seen it yeah. for this. Yeah. I I grew up with this movie. I rem- I remember renting it from the video store and like loving it. It's ridiculous. It's bad, but there's something so charming about it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like uh, one of my favorite things is like movies about the internet that yeah. like people didn't know what it was, and so like a lot of like people like angrily typing away. I, I love the idea that they have to go somewhere like extreme to like hack. I'm like, why are they on a bridge or wherever? Like, ha-? I was like, people are just like in their rooms hacking away. Like, it's not 
And also, the internet looks like a city. Yes. And, and the virus is just the Vitruvian man singing yes. Row, 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 Row Boat. Yes. All of the um, the vibe. This was not reality. Yes. But for movies, we need to really sell this idea. And so it's like heightening everything from that time period. My favorite thing is when they meet the two TV hosts from Hack the Planet. Oh. And one of them is just still in the full white makeup. And I was like, that bitch wears that all the time? Yeah. yeah. All the time? All, all, the whole <laughs> time? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's fun, but it's very stupid. Yeah. After that, in 96, she does Love Is All There Is, which is a, a modern update of Romeo and Juliet. Hell yeah. It is so bad. Did, do you do we know if she liked Hackers? I think so. I mean, do, oh, well, I mean, speaking of, she, uh, she ends up, like, dating Johnny Lee Miller and then getting married to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Johnny Lee Miller, her co-star... Who's in, so hot in it. Yeah. So oh, yeah. hot. Oh, or very early crush for me as well. Too. I mean, both of them are so gorgeous. They saw each other and said, cheekbones? Yeah. Cheekbones. <laughs> Have you heard of them? They, like, lost touch for a year and then got back together and then decided that they should marry and they got married in March of 1996, and she went to her wedding in black rubber pants and a white t-shirt, oh which she'd written his name in her blood. Oh my god. Jolie says that he's still a solid man and a solid friend, but it's funny enough that their divorce- I thought you were going to say solid fuck, and I was like, well. Their, their divorce was initiated by Jolie in February 1999 and finalized like just one year before she married Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> you know what? She was- Taste in the rainbow, okay? <laughs> I can, like, I just, f- from Johnny Lee Miller to Billy Bob Thornton. What's like, also wild is... Oh, three names? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, we are kind of glossing over that she was kind of known, you know, when she start, she, when she jumped on the scene, she was the hot bad girl. Yes. Like, it was, uh, you know, and she was dating the bad boys. So, like, the blood, like, the black, the leather, I mean, the hackers of it all. She must be doing Gia sometime soon after she, this. She will. I will. I'll get to Gia real quick. But first, I, I do want to cut touch on a couple more early stuff. I don't know how much of her early stuff you watch. I would recommend some of it, actually. Love is All There Is would not be on that list. <laughs> but 1996 Foxfire, in which she plays a drifter named Legs, who unites a, a girl gang um, in the 90s. I don't know why this movie is not talked about like the craft Mm. it is i really liked it it's her and hetty burris and jenny lewis and jenny shimizu hot lesbian model yes and sarah rosenberg well speaking of hot lesbian model okay angelina jolie falls in love with jenny shimizu Uh, yeah and they have an on and off again relationship and it's funny because jenny shimizu over the years has said like Oh, Madonna used to fly me out to fuck her, like whatever. And Madonna's not said anything. When Angelina Jolie was asked about this, she's like, oh, yeah, I fell in love with her. If I was not married to Johnny Lee Miller, I would have married her. Wow. Yeah. I thought she was a beautiful, magnificent woman, and and I didn't see... I just said it because it was what I felt. I always still find that strange that people get shocked by something like that. Okay, bisexual icon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's an amazing scene where they're like all, and also Jenny Lewis. Jenny I Lewis. know, yes. Uh, she tattoos their breasts while they're all topless. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 actually a good movie. It's a, it like doesn't succeed on all fronts, but I I enjoyed it a lot. It's based off of a Joyce Carol Oates novel, but it like updates it because it's set in the 50s, and I guess it doesn't have any of the like lesbian tension, which I think is 
pretty key to the movie, but <laughs> whatever. But Foxfire, good, good. Okay. 1996, recommend it. Um, playing God with David Duchovny. Uh, she does t- CBS miniseries True Women. She gets some good notes playing the first wife of George Wallace in TNT's t- television drama George Wallace in 1987. Uh, but like all of those things are culminating and her 1998 breakthrough, which is HBO's Gia, the aforementioned Gia. I was only bringing it up because it feels like, I mean, I did not like Gia, first of all. Really? Yeah. I will I will say this, not, not to fully agree with you, because I think Gia is okay. I think it is a lot of really good performances mm. in a movie that has not aged well at all. Right. Yeah, I just think, so I want to say I didn't like it, but also I was like, God, they must have been like... This is Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Angelina Jolie, it, it, bad girl who's hot, is like, you know, has gone through the troubled, you know, drugs and, uh, you know, self-harm and all that stuff. It, it really lines up really well right. with the story of this model who, you know, kind of, her life imploded so quickly. You can tell Angelina's giving it her all. But to me, there's like no nuance in this movie at all. It's not oh, subtle no, at all. No, like, there was nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It And it, it, and it also, you know... To me, felt a little exploitative. You're late. Go wash your face. I already did. It's nice to meet you, too. What the hell am I gonna do with you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just some dumb girl from Philly. I'm checking to see if you need to be tweezed. I'm tweezed. I'm Linda. Nice to meet you. For a movie ostensibly about this woman, why not center her yeah. and just like show don't tell? <laughs> um, uh, for those who don't know, Gia is about supermodel Gia Karangi. She was very famous for not giving a fuck, not doing what anybody ever said, but also she was high on set a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, she became famous very fast. She said, I was never a working model. I literally became a supermodel day one. Yeah. Um, she was known to be on like a million covers of magazines I think in the late eighties, yeah. Um, you know, everyone wanted her, but she was photographers were literally propping her up, and she yeah. was just blitzed out of her mind. And and because of one of these un, an unfortunate incident, she contracted HIV, which then became AIDS, and she died of AIDS. And her, her career was very very short. Yep. Uh, but she burned bright, and she burned out. Yep. And yeah, her performance in this. Uh, film she gets a golden globe award and was nominated for an emmy award she wins her first screen actors guild award um but because she was so into the lee strasberg method you know it became a really dark period for her and this was during the time she was with tony lee miller and so she would tell him things like i'm alone i'm dying i'm gay i'm not going to see you for weeks and also gia sorry is um like not even closeted. No. Um, she's like a very sexual woman. Yeah. Um, falls in love with the woman in the movie. Um, so again, and just like the the lining up, it's very, very close to Angelina and her life story. And as you said earlier, bisexual icon, Angelina Jolie has never backed away from talking about her bisexuality. Even now, while doing press for the Eternals, because Eternals has been banned in a couple countries, she's been very open about the fact that like, no... You know, the, why is this still a thing? Like, are right. we not past this yet? But during that time period, the, the 90s, 
it was very taboo and scandalous and she was constantly having to deal with the press they've written about my my relationship with women they've summed it up and and made it not the beautiful thing it was they have they haven't expressed what i'm trying to express they'll take it and they'll criticize it or they'll do something They'll make something nasty out of something that's so beautiful. But somehow the truth comes out. The truth comes through because no matter what they say, that there's some, some woman's going to walk up to me and tell me that she just told her parents that she was with another woman. And that's what's tough watching movies like that because it just feels like even if she's like owning it, the people in charge don't give a fuck and they're presenting it in um, twisted ways. Absolutely. She gives it everything she has and she stops acting again. Mm. She decides she doesn't want to act anymore. She starts taking night classes at New York University for directing and screenwriting. Mm. And then she gets her Golden Globe Award for George Wallace. And all the press starts getting really good for Gia. And she's like, fine. Fine. I'll I'll act again. Don't make me Don't make me act. (laughs) Yeah. She has a gangster film in 98. There's a lot of gangster. The Playing God movie, Hell's Kitchen, is 98. I saw saw Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. They tried it. (laughs) Yeah, they certainly did. Mackay Pfeiffer in that movie, I liked. Yeah, I thought fine. I thought, I was like, oh, I I, I enjoyed his performance. Um, But everything about the movie is cuckoo bananas. Uh, in the same year, 1998, she's part of the ensemble cast of Playing by Heart. She plays opposite Ryan Felipe, where she's like, kind of, uh, in a way, a similar, like, she's a free spirit. She's out in the club that night. He plays a sullen, blue-haired guy who can't fall in love. It's the 90s! Yeah, oh. and, and so she's gonna make him love him. Their story is only one part of, like, multiple storylines all mixed together that eventually all comes together in a very crazy, stupid love way where half the characters are related. And I was like, why? Why are we doing this? Did you Have you ever seen Playing by Heart? No. I'm shocked. I feel like this is a very Louie movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. I would I would give it a shot. Other, yeah. other than the fact that I don't think Ryan Felipe is very much of an actor. But I'm not saying that too loud because I love Cruel Intentions. He's got a cute butt. Yeah, he's got a cute butt. In 99, she does... Pushing Tin with John Cusack, Billy Bob Thornton, and Kate Blanchett. She plays like a wild wife of Thornton, and she's like seductive and whatnot. Uh, I don't love this movie. I did not feel the need to revisit it. I feel like I remember in like the recesses of my mind, I did not revisit. Yeah, it's fine. But also, hot off the divorce of Johnny Lee Miller in 99 and 2000, she marries Billy Bob Thornton. He was... I'm trying to like think like where was he in his career at that moment? Like I he was hot. I mean not hot. But he I was, don't think he was ever hot. He was striking. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I it's almost funny. I'm trying to think now, like, did I literally first see Angelina Jolie in the tabloids, like on Entertainment Tonight, you know? Cause I certainly remember her like hanging off of Billy Bob Thornton on like the red carpets, and they were like they always looked kind of like smelly and drunk. Yeah. But like in that I mean this was the the era of um is her name Kate Moss? Yes. Yeah, like heroin chic. Like that yeah. was the that was the look. Um hot people were like skinny, dripping wet all the time and like sunken eyes. And that's fashion baby. That's fashion. <laughs> that's the history of fashion. <laughs> uh in 99 she does the Bone Collector with Denzel Washington and yes. former Subject of this of this show, Queen Latifah. Yes, she collected those bones. She, she said she did. She said, "Stop this train! I see something." 
the the accent work. Yeah, the accent work. The win- the winner of the bone collector gets a sickening <laughs> supply of bones, <laughs> of, and, <laughs> and she won those bones, honey. She did, and one thousand bones. I will say, <laughs> because she's very good, and because Denzel Washington is very good, yeah. their sexual chemistry is insane, and the man is paralyzed. Yeah, and and not just par- like fully dying. Yeah, dying seizures. I don't know that there's like one like sour note. No, um, other than the movie itself. The movie's not very good. Well, it's ooky spooky. I'll give it that. <laughs> I think her accent work is a little kooky. Yeah. It, she's very like, hey, kid. My name's Amelia. What's your name? Chris. Chris, hey. I got a job for you. Get some money. I need you to buy me one of those cheapo cardboard cameras. You know, the ones that you can like throw away. Yeah. Okay, fast as you can. I even think growing up, I thought Angelina Jolie was a British woman because she gives off that regalness all the time. Obviously, she is not. Um, But specifically hearing her do this dialect situation was very... But the beginning when she's fucking... um, Bobby Cannavale. Yes. I was like, that is a pairing I need to see more often. And also, like, I was like, wow, Bobby Cannavale. I know. Like, not expecting this. Smoking hot. Um, The next film she does, though, ends up being a very big success for her. 1999's Girl Interrupted. Uh, Winona Ryder plays the main character, which she kind of hoped would be her big comeback. It's funny because the thing that people remember the most from this movie is essentially Angelina Jolie. She wins her third Golden Globe, her second Screen Actors Guild Award, and the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. It's it's just a scene stealing yeah, character. She fucking Winona Ryder, who I feel very bad for in this movie because yeah. she like produced this movie, right? Yeah, like she bought the rights to it and then spent seven years trying to get it made. And I I just watched it again today, and it's still so very good. We talked about it briefly for our Parker Posey episode because she was supposed to be in it. Yes, and and lo- like she was supposed to play Angelina Jolie's role. Uh, we also talked about it a little bit for our Whoopi Goldberg episode, yes. who's also really fantastic. I was thinking about. Parker and being like, I can imagine her doing this role, but doing it very differently. Yes. Very differently and giving her that different spice. Um, Angelina gives it a very like, I don't know, like earthy kind of performance. It doesn't feel because even though she for a lot of the movie is played like a little more evil, mysterious, um, but it's very grounded. And she I mean, she well, she she has said that she's the villain of that movie, but she never saw herself that right. way. I mean, she's, it's, she's very good. I mean, yeah. it's, I was, I was like, again, talk about another movie without a sour note in it, because every single one of those women is perfectly cast. Uh, and it's, it's, and so I was like, man, why don't really was trying her hardest doing yeah. her best when she's in that tub and having her whole speech. I was like, Yeah. And you're like, where's Lisa? Yeah. Show us Lisa. Yeah. What does she I was doing? like, okay, so that was cute. Like, it was very Beyonce, Jennifer Hudson, dream girl situation. I'm like, yes, she's yeah, giving yeah. her best, but like, it's just nowhere near as good as, uh, you know. Angelina Jolie is Lisa. Yeah. It's so good. Her, Lisa, the character that Angelina Jolie plays is diagnosed as a sociopath. And her character has been in and out of this institution since she was 12. And so she's like very famous there, very popular. Even though she is this chaos. She terrorizes everyone. Exactly. So 
but yeah, the, it's so funny. I was reading, I have a tendency for the films that I, I like, you know, to seek out some of the critiques from that era. And I was reading Roger Ebert's review. And his big, like, negative thing was that the movie, does, he's like, the movie doesn't follow a traditional structure. So by the end, you're not really getting that much closure because, the, and I was like, why? Because it's not the fucking hero's journey? Like, ugh, like, not every movie has to be the hero's journey. I'm sorry Star Wars has made <laughs> everybody think that every episode. What I love about that movie, be- though, is like, in the end, even though you think where we're heading is like, big showdown like lisa has gone full crazy and is gonna kill this bitch but in the end winona ryder's character she fully wins the day by being like i'm actually okay with myself and you're not and that's why you're sad i know i'm gonna be okay and then to like top that they're able to give lisa the moment being like when she says i'm not dead oh yeah she's like i'm not dead and she's like i know i'm gonna come see you and you're gonna be fine it's like none of these women actually had to be the villain even though lisa is like this chaos force like they're all very gentle there needs to be some catalyst there needs to be some spark obviously angelina jolie is a great spark but yes exactly that it's it doesn't have to be about you know good or bad this one bad girl and everyone overcoming her it's like no like they're actually finding the stuff within which is very rare in american movies her first blockbuster comes in 2000 where she appears in gone in 60 seconds and basically her character is gone gone in 60 seconds i watched that for the first time and i was like hmm barely in here huh they said we need a girl we need a hot girl hot bad girl yet she's on the cover of that oh yeah poster oh yeah um she said she did this movie just so she could drain emotionally after girl interrupted fair i don't i don't blame her for that this is also around the time that she gets married to billy bob thornton and i guess if we have to talk controversy which i don't give a shit about because i've always found it very stupid she you know at the academy awards she gives her brother a kiss and she says she loves him and the press runs wild with like incest are they and she's like no we're fucking kids of divorce we only had each other like yeah i'm in shock and i'm so in love with my brother right now (laughs) he just held me and said he loved me and i know he's so happy for me i assume that you and your brother did not have sexual relations okay no yeah it's a fair question because of all the but we did yeah i mean you were implying that you did i was not implying that we did oh that's the way the world took it come on that is the way the world the world is a little sicker than i would imagine You know, I was, I was Sometimes so, you're a provocateur. But I'm really not. I mean, if you knew me in my life, I, I just speak very bluntly. And I, you know, I know if I'm being honest about something, somebody asked me about cutting myself and I'm going to be honest. Yeah. If I said I'm very, I'm, I'm in love with my brother right now, or I love my brother. The thing was, he's been that person that loved movies and held my hand through my entire career. And, oh, sure. Of course. And of course. it was such a big moment for us, more than about an award. Well, this was also the time when she was, like, with the blood around her, her neck. neck. Yeah. And so, like, the, yeah, I think it was very much like <laughs> she was trolling the shit out of America. Yeah. She said, yeah, everyone wants to look at me and, like, you know, say I'm so hot, whatever. But, like, I'm a fucking weirdo and you're going to have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> and I think that's really cool. I, th- I don't think we knew how to um, behave as, like, a society, you know. And, like, I think she was like, you guys treat me like shit. And so I'm going to just be fucking weird and, like, fuck off. I don't care. Which is cool. Yeah. And it, I mean, it all worked in her favor. 2001, she 
gets cast as Lara Croft in Lara Croft Tomb Raider. This is a character she had no idea about. She said a PlayStation? What's yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. She had to do uh, extensive uh, work to learn her English accent. She had to do extensive martial arts training. And she also had to be padded to be a couple cup sizes larger. My God. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's it's stupid. That's what that, video game nerds want. That movie um, is nonsense. Yeah, I watched half of it. I've seen it. I saw it in theaters as a kid. I saw it in theaters as a kid, too. I saw it in theaters with my best lesbian, Judy, at mm. the time, um, Julie, who, like, literally was just, like, exactly the whole time. I... It, the movie is nonsense. The movie is mostly nonsense. I was like, there's a moment when she's like, good night, everyone in the mansion. I'm about to do my um, aerobic gymnastics yes. in my silk pajamas. And then like the bad guys come and she's like, "Uh oh, time to bungee cord away. I was like, someone had an idea for <laughs> hot Angelina Jolie swirling around. But you know what? She did that stunt herself. So good for her. I mean, my father was not with the Illuminati. He would have told me. He had a great many secrets. Not from me. And that movie makes a huge ton of money and launches her globally as a female action star, too. And that's what sort of sets it apart. But before she moves in fully into that mode, uh, she does a couple of... She plays around with a couple other things. She does Original Sin in 2001 with Antonio I was waiting for that. I was like, I know that's someone here. She's the mail-order bride, and it's very Mm -hmm. softcore. She does the romantic comedy life or something like it. Okay, that movie I definitely had seen on TNT before. Yes. Um, Watched it again. What's the name of the lead guy in this movie? Edward Burns. Edward Burns, who always seems just to be around in, like, movies or, like, making movies. I'm like... His voice is very, like, interesting. I get it. He's, like, traditionally handsome. Um, this is, I think, one of her... Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, or, or, like a straight um, rom-com. Yeah, fully. And I w- it's so bizarre she, seeing her in a, that mode. She's a news reporter who is told... By, by Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub, who's playing in the most sensitive portrayal I've ever seen of an unhoused person. Yes, yes. A crazy homeless prophet who uh, tells her she's going to die in six days or yeah. seven days. Or yeah, something like yeah. That. I actually think it's pretty good for, like, a rom-com. Like, is it? I think so. I think, like, I think she... She handles, she equips herself really yeah. well. And for the those types of movies that have, like, the ridiculous, like plot structure of like she's gonna die in six days or whatever main thing is gavin just don't work anymore okay don't you love life just don't work <laughs> and that is what you need to learn about That's life the or moral of the story yeah the thing that i do appreciate the most is her like very as somebody who used to work in the news her very like mm-hmm. helmety yes. bleach blonde yes haircut it's her signature it's very lovely in the film um You know, in 2002, she established herself among Hollywood's highest paid actresses. She was earning 10 to 15 million per film for the next five years. Pop off. She does the second Lara Croft Tomb Raider Cradle of Life. I'd never seen this before until I watched it today. Um, I will say it is a modicum of better because Jean de Bont's an actual filmmaker, but like. More nonsense. More nonsense. Not padded this time around. Good for him. Not padded this time around. And male stunt double. Oh. Yeah. Huh. She said, I did it. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> they know I did it. What I gotta do again. 
Um, and then in 2003, she did Beyond Borders, which is a romantic social drama co-starring Clive Owen. Uh, it's not successful to audiences for many reasons, but it is the first time that Angelina Jolie had like pushed a passion project through because and we sort of didn't mention this while filming in the first Lara Croft Tomb Raider they shot part of it in war-torn Cambodia and unlike most actors who go globe hopping to shoot a movie and then just instantly forget about what they've seen this really affects her and she's like, I would love to help out. I would love to raise awareness of these things that are going on globally. And it really sort of expands her horizons. We're going to get to her charity stuff. And let me tell you, we're not going to be comprehensive about it because that would be a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. But she does a lot for charity. And this it's is the beginning. Yeah, this is the beginning. Beyond Borders, did you see it? Yep. It's uh, It's funny. The beginning of that movie feels very pointed yeah because she is a wealthy woman and they're at some like gala clive owens just storms in with literally an orphan kid from um, africa and is like fuck you all you think you're doing shit yeah literally just give us the money give us like and someone throws a banana and everyone laughs yeah and it it feels like such a pointed fuck you to like people who want to pat themselves on the back for doing the bare minimum when in re- like the reality is so much more uh, intense, uh, but yeah, the movie is hard. It's and 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 I don't know. I think one of the main critiques was like, why are they supplanting this romance on top of like this story that is about? And it's not even just about Africa. Like it's literally about these two aid workers who work in very different. Right, because they go to several different places in the movie. They go to Cambodia. They go to Africa and then they go to Russia. Um, one of them, he is like an em- embed and he is like also working with like m- mobsters who are running dr- drugs, but he's working with them so he can get into these places to give care. Um, whereas Angelina Jolie's character is a kind of like a reformed liberal woman yeah. who like is now working with the UN and they kind of keep contact over the years. It's really, you know, she, you see her transformation from like, right. Oh, I, I, I you know, it, it's, it's a, a lot. It's a film that clearly has its heart in the right place. Yes. But it's not the right vehicle for its intention. I right. Think. In the end, she's like, I need to go to Russia because the bo- the man is missing. Right. And it becomes this dramatic love. Like, She's had a child with him, even though she's married to another man because they had an affair. And like the the love story over arcs over and like I get it. Like it's a bit of a look over there where you don't realize the message it's being piped into. But it's also pretty heavy handed. And I will say my only complaint about her passion projects are as they have a tendency to have a heavy hand, and oh, maybe yeah. she thinks that's what the 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 best way to communicate this stuff. Uh, but I always appreciate just maybe a little more subtlety. I mean, she literally stops a truck to go like pick up, yeah, uh, like a dying, like emaciated boy. Well, quite apart from any illnesses they may have, they're too weak to survive. You, you just decide that. It's called triage. I'm a doctor. I've got thirty thousand. I know. I heard that already in London. You did? 
Yes, I still think you should help them. Oh, you do, do you? Yes, I do. I see. You pay for these trucks, so I have to indulge some fucking white girl's idea of heroism, right? Well, why stop there? Do you want a picture? I can get you a picture. Poor little rich girl holds dying black baby. You do your hair, right? You look great. I saw the child from the truck. I picked him up. His mother was wounded. I brought her too. Can you please look at them? But yeah, this movie's kind of a flop, like both critically and commercially. Yeah. And so she kind of turns back to doing the things that she knows she's capable of. 2004, she does a movie called Taking Lives. Uh, yes. Ethan, Ethan Hawke is in it I as well. I've never seen that. I had never seen it either, but I did like that years later, Ethan Hawke said it wasn't a very good movie. Ah! <laughs> um, she makes a brief appearance in Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow, does a voice in Shark Tale, and plays Alexander the Great's mother in Oliver Stone's 97-hour epic, Alexander. Uh-huh. Um, I saw that movie once in college. I've not seen any of the same the I cuts. Did not um, revisit. Uh, Oliver Stone says it wasn't commercially successful because of his bi- because of Alexander's bisexuality, which I I think is hilarious because like Europe, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, should have leaned into it more. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Um, but all of this is speeding towards 2005's Mr. and Mr. Smith. Now, 2004... Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Did I did, did I say Mrs. and Mr.? I did. did I say Mr. and Mr. Smith? I think you said Mr. and Mr. I would also watch that movie. Hello? <laughs> In 2004, she divorces Billy Bob Thornton. It's funny because they do all these interviews where she's like, I can't imagine ever leaving him, blah, 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 blah. We're never going to separate. So it was our way of saying to each other... We, we just, we're together forever. We're, we're so in love. We're best friends. And it's, you know, but, but we signed, we kind of signed our life away to each other in, uh, legally and with blood that there's no possible way anybody can separate or walk away from this. And then she said literally, like, six months, it was like there were strangers. And she wow. she's just never fallen out of love with someone like that. Just, and so... That's over, that's canceled. Yeah, their marriage dissolves. Also... During this time, an important life event, she adopts her first child. I mentioned that this is the age of 26. By the way, she's done this all at 26, and I can't, like... So she's 26 or 20, 26, 28 in that area. Like, I, I just... Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, what was I doing during that time period? Well, from, like... No, tw- nothing humanitarian. <laughs> well, from, like, the age of, like, 20... And like doing hackers to twenty eight, of and like she's now done. Yeah, original getting fifteen million a movie. Yeah, and like, yeah. In two thousand two, she adopts Maddox. That's her first child. They were born in two thousand one, which means they're twenty years old now. She adopted them from Cambodia, and she initially files to adopt them with Billy Bob Thornton, and but they split up three months after. So she is Maddox's sole parent until 2006 when Brad Pitt also adopts Maddox. Um, Speaking of Brad Pitt. Speaking of Brad Pitt, 2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. See, I got it right that time. (laughs) They play two hitmen who are married to each other as a cover and don't know each other are hitmen. And then they get the... The assignment uh, to kill each each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. this is a movie I saw the drive-in and hated. I rewatched it for this. I liked it better. I still don't think this movie has a fucking ending. This movie just stops. Yeah, it annoys the, mo- the shit out of me. The movie just, just does end. 
But I think this movie is a barrel of fun, honey. Yeah. No, it is good. I mean, it is like, I I think Doug Liman's direction, I think the action scenes are very good. I think the supporting cast is actually really great. And they do have so much chemistry. But I never, even when I saw it at the, the drive-in and didn't like it, was like, but they're very sexy together and they're doing that. You know, that's... I mean, it's... It just hit me with that look. Like, yeah. it's looks, looks, looks. And it and they, they don't have to say a fucking word. They're both firing on all cylinders in this movie. It's it's nuts. Yeah. She does a supporting role in Robert De Niro's directed The Good Shepherd in 2006. Uh, she stars in, and we have to talk about it, so we might as well, since we're here. In 2007, she plays Marianne Pearl in A Mighty Heart. Ah, yes. It's based on Pearl's memoir of the same name. It's about the death of Daniel Pearl and the the time period in which Marianne Pearl was sort of trying to figure out if he was still alive, if he'd been executed at that very short, like... She's trying to find her husband who has been abducted by someone, terrorists, yeah, um, because they are journalists um, in... It was a true story. Right, right, way. yeah. Right, true story. He was working for the Wall Street Journal. Um, I think she was a freelancer. They're in the Middle East, and it's right after 9-11. Like, if, if you could remember the time, like, post-9-11, where yeah. um, war is breaking out everywhere. And she is, one day, he doesn't come home. Yeah. And so she is just doing her best to try and find him. Um, turns out, like, at the end of however long he has been executed yeah um and uh there is uh, some controversy there is so <laughs> she is playing a mixed race woman in this film yeah marianne like pearl cuban french yeah um marianne pearl is a friend of hers and asked her to do this role yeah she requested angelina yeah. play her in this movie i will say i intellectually think Angelina Jolie should still maybe not have done it and produced it. Uh, I think she's good in it. I do think she's good in it. I think the movie, for the most part, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's... During the press junket, somebody asked her about it, and she was like, well, if you really, you know, if you really want authenticity, you would have to get somebody who is Cuban and French and, uh, you know, to, to play the role and, like... I don't think that I I don't think being defensive about it was a good move either. Right. I don't think that's great. But also, I think it's not really like even if Miriam Pearl is okay with her playing this role, I don't think it's up to either of them to decide if seeing Angelina Jolie in a form of blackface is not going to hurt somebody in the audience that is not those two specific Do we people. think she did blackface? I don't think she... Tech, I mean, I don't think it's technically... I mean, it's not like... No, it's not blackface. It's not blackface. But, did but she, they did darken her. She did, she they did, did change her skin tone to play. Right. And, the, and it's a strange thing, I think, especially in 2007, to, yeah. to do. It's I, an odd choice to make. I mean, I understand it. Like, right. m- one of the most famous women in the world, like... Uh, you you want that attention on it, right? But like, is that the attention you want? Is I us debating it, right? This many years later, a part of me feels like, you know, and this is my opinion, my thinking, because I am a very fair skinned Latino man, and I think oftentimes, like, well, God, like, certainly a white person could, like, if if someone was to play me, like, a white person could do it. They would look 
I look like a lot of boring white guys. Um, We're getting that Dear Evan Hansen guy. Oh my god! Yeah, you're <laughs> not Ben Platt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. It, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A part of me feels like Angelina could have gotten away with it without any of the skin darkening, yes. obviously. And if she would have just said, my good friend asked me to do this and I wanted to honor her yeah. in that. And like there needs to be no defensiveness, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I'm i not going to like praise her or judge her for making this decision. I think it's the skin darkening is where. Yeah, like, that's that's basically the line for me as well. In this very specific case, I feel like she could have just not darken her skin and been better like suited mentally to talk about it and it would have been fine i think angelina does a very fine um, british accent sometimes yeah and then also just regular american yeah, and that's maybe, all maybe the rest of the accents maybe you should stop um and 2007 she does beowulf which is a uh, somehow like computer com- yeah well i'm not even cap yeah it's a mocap animated film. I'm still confused as to how it fits in with the rest of the Shrek movies. Yeah, it's hard. But the continuity's got to be there somewhere. <laughs> Beowulf Swamp. <laughs> um, I did not like Beowulf. Uh, I, yeah, she, I mean, she's there basically to like face, sh- face. Sh- show her golden breasts. Yeah, <laughs> like by 2008, she's considered the highest paid actress in Hollywood, earning 15 to 20 million per film. She does wanted in 2008 which is a movie i had started many times and never gotten through until this so i think i deserve an award because i fucking watched it i i was like do i like this movie and then by the end i was like no i do not like this movie i took a for my letterbox review i took a page out of your book and i said this is little boy shit it is little boy shit yeah it's i i like it's like incel the movie damn it (laughs) i literally was thinking like this is the playbook for incels incels watch this movie and they're like one day i'm gonna fucking quit my shitty job and just like blow shit up because girls don't like me and it's so funny because she said in an interview that she caught a lot of her own dialogue she ended up having a lot of control in this movie because she's angelina jolie she's angelina jolie they're selling it on her even though she is like very minor very minor um she had a lot of control in this movie she ended up cutting a lot of her own dialogue and she said it's because she wanted her character to be like cool and silent and sexy but there's a very famous story about christopher lee doing dracula has risen from the grave and saying that he doesn't speak in that movie as dracula because the the lines were shit Mm. and so he just refused to speak and that's kind of how i feel like it went that's the vibe angelina was just like i'm not saying that I will say that there are some fun style things that yes. are going on in that movie. Um, but they're few and far between. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Hitmen uh, in that movie, A Secret Society of Hitmen, it's based off a of Mark Millar comic who I've always, Mark Millar, I've always felt as little boy shit anyways. And uh, there's like a weaving thing. Yeah. I'm like magic bullets that you can bend. Swerve, yeah. curve the bullets. And yeah, uh, that's that's wanted. Um, in 2008, she works with Clint Eastwood on the drama Changeling, mm. uh, which is fully like... Gaslighter Denier. Yeah, exactly. The movie. Like, listen to women. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's a movie where she loses her child and... They return it and it's the wrong baby. Yeah. And she spends the whole movie being like, not my baby. Like, and they're like, yes, it is. <laughs> and she's, she's like, like, no. Yeah, no. And they're like, go to jail, bitch. <laughs> Take this baby. Good night, mommy. Stop saying that! Stop saying that! I'm not your mother! 
she got nominations for everything for that golden globe screen actors guild bafta uh and academy award for best actress you know nominated 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 yep. but no gold on that one uh she ends up also voicing a voice in kung fu panda and it's sequels kung fu panda 2 and 3 your favorite dreamworks I was gonna series say, yeah if you if you listen to our dreamworks episode i love the kung fu panda movies so i have no problem in that um <laughs> Her mother, unfortunately, passes away due to breast cancer in 2007. After her mother passes away, her output in terms of filmmaking, in terms of being in movies, mm-hmm. slows down. I don't love it as much as I used to. I, you know, I wondered even recently if I, if I was, uh, my mother loved acting. And, and I wondered when she passed away, I lost some of my passion for it. So I wondered how much was driven by her and inspired by her and... I don't love it as much uh, as I used to, so I don't know if it's that or if it's just uh, getting to another stage in my life where I want to do other things. Years later, she would also famously get a double mastectomy. Yes. Because she knew that her mother had passed away from breast cancer. She got tested for the gene. Yes. And said, I'm not fucking around with this. I have a family to raise. They've actually coined a phrase called the Angelina Jolie effect, which is that now more and more women have been screened specifically for that gene. And it also used to be much more effective and, you know, pretty cost prohibitive for the average person. And more people now carry it due to our fucked up medical health insurance system mm-hmm. in the United States. By the way, if you listen to us outside of the United States, please, please I don't know, just where our health is. Help fucked. us, yeah, please. Yeah, exactly. Please get please, us out of here. Yeah, yeah. This um, is a call for help. Yeah. You can find us in Brooklyn. <laughs> but anyways, regardless, uh and and so more women have been tested for it more women have gotten yes. you know and good for her for for you know making that decision i think the it's less stigmatized now but i do think there was a time period where absolutely where people saw it as dewomanizing well or, this was the most gorgeous beautiful famous celebrity on the planet coming out publicly to say i had both of my breasts yeah. removed and surgically replaced because I was I had this gene that you know took my mother and I you know and and just giving that platform and that space to let other women know who I mean it must I I will never know this but you know to feel like you know that part of your body being taken away um must be fucking awful and so to have Angelina Jolie um do that you know like you said was uh just really incredible. So she had surgery to remove her ovaries and fallopian tubes as well. And and that's also pretty stigmatized because people have a tendency to believe that that makes you less of a woman. And I'm, you know, honestly, I'm glad she's been so open about it. And, you know, no one should feel that way. And we didn't even talk about the fact that, you know, we've been speeding along. Well, on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, she meets Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's in a relationship with Jennifer Aniston. That relationship ends. That happens sometimes, folks. Sorry, she's not a relationship destroyer. They get together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're weirdly only married for five years. It doesn't feel like that. Felt like it was a lifetime of yeah, us just absolutely. knowing every single thing that the Jolie Pitt family was doing. Yeah, and, and you know... They coined the phrase Brangelina. God, we are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so after her mother passes away, she doesn't do another acting role until 2010's Thriller Salt. 
Salt. Salt was written for Tom Cruise. Yes. Uh, Tom Cruise ends up not doing it because it's too similar to Mission Impossible. They rewrite it for a woman. Yes. And Salt back on her badass um, you know, action hero shit. Um, I had also never seen Salt. Oh, wow. Uh, funny enough, a friend of mine that I used to work with, her aunt is the CIA director in that movie. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, Salt is fun. Yeah. Salt is, uh, you know, the twisties, turnies. Much like that highway scene. Mm-hmm. That highway scene, which is supposed to take place in Queens, is actually shot in Albany, up near where I'm originally from. Okay. I mean, I'm up from further north than that. But I remember it was such a big deal when they were shooting that because they had to close down that big twisty highway. Highways don't look like that in New York City. Sorry. I don't, but it's like all elevated and she's leaping nimbly wimbly from yeah. truck to truck. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2010, she also stars opposite Johnny Depp in the thriller. Quote unquote thriller. Thriller. Yeah. The, <laughs> the snoozer. The yeah, tourist. The tourist. Um, it's a movie in which she plays a woman who... Somehow it has to be attracted to Johnny Depp in the the biggest mystery of all. The best acting she's ever done (laughs) playing attracted to Johnny Depp. Wow. In 2007, she ends up directing a documentary called Place and Time. And she realizes that, like, maybe making films is what I want to do with this other part of my life. So in 2011, she makes her directorial debut in The Land of Blood and Honey. It's a love story between a Serb soldier and a Bosniak prisoner set during the 1992 through 95 Bosnian War. Um, she d- does it all in foreign language. It gets nominated for Best Foreign Language at the Golden Globes. And she ends up being named an honorary citizen of Sarajevo for raising awareness of the war. Wow. Um, once again, big drought. You know, she's doing her charity work. We'll talk about her charity in a moment. She's raising her kids. 2014, she does Maleficent for Disney, reimagining of Sleeping Beauty, where Maleficent is the good guy and she raises a child. Ugly, ugly film. 90 minutes, thank God. But I totally get why she does it, because it's a big allegory for adoption. And yeah. and like, you know, the family that you that you grow to love. I'm fine with her making shit like that if it's going to pay for the charity stuff. Um, 2014, she does her second film as director, Unbroken. It's about World War II hero Louis Zamperini. Uh, he was a former Olympic track star who ends up surviving a plane crash, but ends up in a Japanese prisoner of war camp where he's submitted to various inhuman acts before finally being rescued. Um, it's a very handsome film. I don't, I mean, it's so heavy handed, but once again, as I said, her thing is not subtlety when right. it comes to the the passion product projects. Right. Uh, it is a little Jesusy for my taste, which is surprising because I didn't think it would be. And there is a like faith based sequel that was made that Ugh. has nothing to do with Angelina Jolie or the people that made the first one. But um, you know, I, it's it's hard to beat. Like, it's such a weird thing to be like, oh, I'm this young filmmaker. And the movie's fucking written by the Coen brothers and Roger Deakins is doing the cinematography. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful film to it look at. It was clearly, like, sw- uh, a swing and a miss for the Oscars. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and people, you know, it ended up on the National Board of Reviews uh, top or best film of the year. So, like, p- it, people really liked it, but it, was, it wasn't my cup of tea, I was like. Okay. 2015, uh, Brad Pitt and her come together again for a film that she wrote 
and is also directing called By the Sea. Um, she said she drew inspiration from her own mother's life. She wanted to look like the films that she grew up watching with her mom. And, you know, it's unfortunately people are like, oh, it's a disaster because it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I don't know how you feel about this movie. I didn't love it, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was inoffensive. I've seen a lot worse vanity projects over the years. It's very fine. Very. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like, I don't know who that movie's for. Uh, for Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then good for her. <laughs> she, she did it. Do you want a drink? No, I don't want a fucking drink. I want to know what this is. Do you want to hurt me? Hmm? No. Hurt me. No, I don't want to hurt Just you. do it. Hurt me. Get it over with. Wait. No, it would never hurt you. Stop, please. It's just like no fun to watch. It's so... That's, that's true. I mean, it is slog. very modeling. Yeah. Um, then the next film that she directed was 2017's First They Killed My Father. It is about Cambodia's Khmer Rouge era. Um... Uh, you know, she really wants to talk about this specific time and place. Uh, she said that she made this movie for a Cambodian audience. And the fact that Netflix decided to produce it and get it out to the rest of the world was like good that other people would get to see it. But like, this is a film with primarily Cambodian actors. It's all in their language. All the words are written in their language. And she, so basically it's a Cambodian film directed by an American woman. Wow. And I, I think that's really impressive. I actually just watched it today for the first time. Um, I think it's maybe the best of the three of the four mm. that I've seen. And, but once again, not subtle, not subtle yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, which once you know, fine. 2019 brings the sequel to Maleficent, Maleficent Mistress of Evil. We didn't really talk about this when we did Michelle Pfeiffer. It is what it is. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to talk about it now. It doesn't look like anything. Those movies don't look like anything. They don't look like their light comes from anywhere. And I like, was when I was watching the first one, I was like, "Is this Avatar?" It's just yeah, it's the most generic fantasy world that I've ever seen. Um, this year, she's had two movies come out. Yes, the aforementioned. Uh, Eternals, which is out now in theaters. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But she also had the Warner Brothers film, Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is a Taylor Sheridan neo... She's a firefighter. Yeah, exactly. That's the job. I'll spray ya. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lightning field in that movie. That's the thing I remember the most. I think she's fine in it. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there's cool quirky like it could have it could have almost been a tv show like she's like i was i've been a cop now i'm a firefighter next she's gonna be an emt like she's gonna hit all the blue collar jobs okay (laughs) um we mentioned her time this is the time we're gonna talk about her charity work uh we mentioned her time in cambodia for lara croft and really extends her out to start working with the un and I mean, if we listed all the charities that that she's gotten involved with, you know, it, it would be endless. You know, she's traveled to several war zones. She went to Darfur. She went to the Syrian-Iraqi border during the Second Gulf War. Uh, she went to Kabul during the war in Afghanistan. Um, her, her reasoning behind a lot of this is to just bring attention to these right. places. She knows if she goes there 
with the amount of attention that's on her. Cameras will follow. Cameras will follow, exactly. Um, on April 17th, 2012, after more than a decade serving as the UNHCR Goodwill Ambassador, Jolie was promoted to the rank of Special Envoy to High Commissioner Antonio Gutierrez, the first to take on such a position within the organization. In her expanded role, she was given authority to represent Gutierrez and UNHCR at the diplomatic level with a focus on major refugee crisis. So she can go in and negotiate on behalf of refugees, which is something that's like unheard of for a non-politician. Right. Essentially. But um, she just like knows her shit. Exactly. Uh, huge conservationist, communal development. Um, if you heard her talk like at any of these events in the in the role as like at a UN ambassador, like she is so eloquent, so passionate. She's not like bumbling along, like shuffling her notes around. She is just like it is in her spirit. You know, she it's almost like she was born to be this like kind of like Mother Earth character. If we went by the principle that those affected by a problem should be in charge of determining the solution, then the majority of the world's peace negotiators, foreign ministers, and diplomats would be women. We all know the reality. And that's the thing is she's become such a mother, but like it's extended out to other things. Um, in an effort to connect her Cambodian-born adopted son with his heritage, she ended up purchasing a house in his country birth in 2003. It's a traditional home, but it sits on um, a part of the land that has basically was basically overrun with poachers, which who had threatened the endangered species. And she ends up turning the park's 60,000 hectares into a wildlife reserve that, that she named for her son, for her son wow. the Maddox Jolie product. And in 2006, expanded the scope of the project, renamed the Maddox Jolie Pitt Foundation, and created Asia's first Millennium Village in accordance with the UN development goals. By mid-2007, some 6,000 villagers and 72 employees, some of them former poachers, were employed as rangers and lived and worked at MJP in 10 villages previously isolated from one another. The compound includes schools, roads, and a soy milk factory, all funded by Jolie herself. Her home there actually functions as the MJP headquarters. Now. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And like that's just one of the things she's worked for child immigration, education. She's opened schools all over the world. Um, from 2005, 2007, she funded, funded the launch of a, of the U S committee for refugees and immigrants, national center for refugee and immigrant children. She's advocated for children's education and you know, Women's rights, humans' rights, the list goes on and on. And not that she's doing this for the awards, but like the some of the awards that she's received are things that other people, you know, don't get. She's uh received the Jean Hirschfeld Humanitarian Award and made she was made an honorary dame commander in the Order of St. Michael and St. George, uh, which was given to her by the Queen in a private ceremony. Huh. So, you know, she's uh, undertaken over a dozen field missions globally to refugee camps, war zones, visited countries including Sierra Leone, Tanzania, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Syria, and Sudan. I so, mean, I think like the thing here is that she's done all of this and she's not even 50 yet. No, no. And that's the thing is she, you know, she's still going strong. We mentioned um, all of her kids. She has six of them. She does have six of them. 
are they all adopted? No. Uh, she has six children, Maddox, Pax, Sahara, Shiloh, Knox, and Vivian. Um, three of them are adopted. Three of them are biological. The last two are twins. Um, so all she had the, three kids with Brad Pitt? Yeah, all the biological children are with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt has also adopted all of the the um, children. Her adopted kids. Yeah, that she had already had adopted. Their relationship ends in 2019. But I think the full divorce has only recently gone through. I was actually just reading a uh, interview she did with the Guardian, where she, the interviewer, flat out asked her about the um, allegations that she'd made against Brad Pitt about domestic abuse, and she said she wasn't allowed to speak on that because of uh, legal obligations. And so he asked her uh, if. She was talking about the divorce and the allegations. If she could nod, and she nodded yes. I don't know the story behind that. None of us know the story behind that. Private lives behind closed doors, we don't know. Um, but it would seem to imply that there was abuse in that relationship, and that's why it ended. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and that really brings us to today. I know we're not necessarily here to talk about all the charities that she does, but I think it's such a fascinating part of who she is and what she does. And I think she sort of turned around that image that people had of her, this sort of bad girl, like, Ooh, the blood. Ooh, is she having incestuous relationship with her brother and was able to take that media attention to put it towards a good use. I think the other fascinating thing about her is as you're mentioning, she's so eloquent, so poised, but she has said, many times that she is both very shy and very blunt. Mm. And those are the two things that like people latch onto. And I was just watching interviews with her on the red carpet for Eternals. And yeah, you can see it. It's nervous energy. It's like she does seem like a shy person. Yeah. She she's like, I don't why are we like just yeah. watch the movie. Like But shy but like somehow still so regal. Like it's but but that's the thing. Like she's giving nothing away. Yeah, it's like all internal, and like all you're seeing is just like this like grace and beauty. Um, but but yeah. at the same time, it's such an open book. Mm. She's she's like you know if I if you want to hear about it, I will tell you. But like it's probably not going to be pretty, right? And you may not like the way I put it, right? But it, that's the way it is. She's a no bullshit bullshit gal. Absolutely, I like it. Okay, Gavin, let's get into our picks. My one-star review is 2010's The Tourist. Yes, correct. <laughs> there are other movies that she did that are not good. We will talk about them in just a moment. But I have to say The Tourist is so painful to get through. <laughs> and I think what makes matters worse is she's doing a thing. You know, it's funny. Watching this movie, I just kept thinking, which is funny because the filmmaker of this film... Florian Henkel von Donnersmark. Yes, of course. Um, Didn't cite this as an inspiration, but I just kept thinking charade. Yep. I just kept thinking that this is a poor man's charade. And so, like, my brain was constantly comparing her to Audrey Hepburn, who also, once again, very famous for being very charitable. But the thing is, is she's not, she can't do that role. She can't function in that, like, sweet, innocent... And I don't think the movie's necessarily ac- asking that of her, but I think there's a quality of that. 
The Tourist is a film about Angelina Jolie, who is, <laughs> you find out midway through the film. She's a spy. She's a spy um, who fell in love with one of her targets, who's a thief. And he has demanded that she come meet him. And his ingenious plan is for her to pick a patsy, a sucker who might be his height, to pretend to be him so the spy agency that she worked for uh, would follow him around. The wrong guy. The wrong guy. Exactly. So she meets Johnny Depp, realizes that he would be a good, you know... Stand in. Yeah. And he claims to be an American teacher and it's this like hijinks adventure ensues as they're being chased so boring yeah chased down by criminals chased down by spies and i mean there's even a slow moving boat chase that's done in the venice canal and listen you want to know the reason why it's a slow moving boat chase it's because the water can't hit over a certain level Mm -hmm. in venice because Mm -hmm. the beams that hold up venice can't be exposed to air or else they'll collapse (laughs) don't shoot it in fucking venice then yeah we we fake shit all the time in movies the movie does look expensive i'll give it it certainly does um but it's just like but it's so so hollow boring yeah it's unreal how boring it is on top of all this this is supposed to be a man johnny depp's character is supposed to be a man that for most of the movie she's pretending to love and for a latter half of the film she's in love with and she has no chemistry with him no not all none it's like and i say this as somebody who likes a lot of early johnny depp films but there's something about the way that he started acting post the pirates that he doesn't allow space for anybody else to act anymore. He's so broad and so over the top, even in this like subdued role of this like meek American teacher that there's just no room for her. So she's often just delivering, yeah, delivering lines like this. Oh, I, I don't like being bossed. Both of them are very, yes, girl, give me nothing. Yeah. I'm Elise. I'm Frank. That's a terrible name. <laughs> it's the only one I've got. Maybe we can find you another. Okay. You're British. Hmm. I'm American. Hmm. And the twist at the end, it's like, okay, who cares? Yeah, by the time the twist happens, yeah, by the time the twist happens, as an audience member, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. And also the twist is so like, it's boring because it's predictable. It's it's like, oh yeah, Johnny Depp is the star of this movie. <laughs> wow, crazy. Wow, crazy. Good pick, Kevin. Um, my one star review is 2014's Maleficent. I hate this movie so much. It's so bad. I, so famously, I also just rewatched, um, for the first time, watched Cruella. Hated that so much with a burning passion and realized watching this for this, I was like, oh, they did this. Yes. This is the blueprint. There is this, it's nonsense. Like the idea that um, Maleficent, like I feel like they had a very good idea or they thought they had a very good idea of like, they take her wings and that is a metaphor for rape. And that's the idea. 
and everything else will just be patched around that. That's the other thing that I, like, listen, I don't mind introducing these concepts to children because we live in a very dark world and, like, they do need to know about this stuff at some point. But watching the first Maleficent and then watching the second one, which I did today, I was like, so the first one's about rape and the second one's about war. Like, what kid is like, wow, I need to, like, I... It's, 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 I don't need to tell you what fucking Sleeping Beauty is about or honestly what Maleficent is about because it's really just like, she's a, what if she's a fairy? And it's like, okay, maybe she's a fairy. Um, and she flies and protects this forest full of fairy fucking things. And a man betrays her, takes her wings. And now he's king. There is no motivation behind this but behind anything really yeah. because they have to tell us then that like she gets so mad for something for for being raped that she's going to put a curse on the child via pricking the finger it's so convoluted it is not just like cunty gal coming in and being like i'm evil fuck this little bitch in this specific way i believe that but this woman has been wronged what a glittering assemblage, King Stefan. Royalty, nobility, the gentry, and... <laughs> How quaint. Even the rebel. I must say, I really felt quite distressed at not receiving an invitation. You're not welcome here. <laughs> Oh dear, what an awkward situation. And then the king really doesn't have any motivation beyond like, I want to protect my daughter, but they also have to make him evil, so he goes mad because reasons. The king, played by Charlton Copley, who is one of my, sorry for anybody that's a huge fan of him, least favorite working actors currently. It's, 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 It's just nuts. And then the whole movie wants you to believe that she's sitting around watching Sleeping Beauty grow up. Literally sitting around and just watching her and like making sure she's a fall off a cliff because in this movie they've decided that the three fairies that you do know from the cartoon are dumb bitches. Yeah, they're just incredibly incompetent. It is bending over backwards to make all of this work and it just ruins this very iconic character for money, I guess. I don't know. You know what's even funnier? And I know you're really only talking about the first movie, but because I just watched the second movie, it's stuck in my head. So the... Second movie, based on all of the money that they piled up spending on it, needed to break five hundred million Jesus. to to make profit, and it got four hundred and ninety million, which means it wasn't even profitable. And they're still considering a third one. I mean, I I know why. Like, there is there are very like small clips of when she's just like smiling and being and devilish. Doing her famous, like, yeah. well, well, yeah, it's very like. You know what? This movie could have been gifts. They could have just made <laughs> gifts of those moments and been like, wow. What if, what what if they just spent the money to do like a bunch of those Annie Leibovitz photography? Yeah, it, the, that's yeah. literally what this movie looks like. And honestly, the costume, not great. Yeah. I'm like, this. what a great, lovely snatch game, lovely <laughs> Halloween costume. It's She looks great, but it's very art pop, gaga, like with the cheeks. Just a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> for that movie um was there anything else that you saw that you didn't particularly like um i mentioned i did not like gia yeah um what else 
I did not like Love Is All There Is, and actually, after watching it, because it was so painful, I was going to give it my one-star review, but I was like, this is a movie nobody has seen and nobody's ever going to watch. Right. But she literally plays, like, it's it's like pre-My Big Fat Greek Wedding, okay. but My Big Fat Greek Wedding, <laughs> uh, and the, but it's like, Itali- like Italian-American families, and she's the Juliet, and I was just like, oh, like, just end it. Um, we talked about Hell's Kitchen, which I think is very yeah. bad. Um, I, I, I think By the Sea is not good. I, I, I just find it so inoffensive. I, I could, I'm very middle of the road by it. I just can't sea. imagine anyone enjoying themselves to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, Wanted. Oh yeah. Wanted. I mean, talk about offensive movies. I was just like, Jesus. It's, it's a fever dream of a, like, incel just jerking off and yeah. to like, I can be a man. I can be a man. Like, that's literally all that movie is. I, you know, I don't want to give bad roles to Holly Berry because uh, we did an episode on her and I really like her. But if you read the Wanted comic, which, by the way, is about supervillains, not about assassins. But if you read the Wanted comic, that character, Fox or whatever, is designed and drawn to be Holly Berry. Wow. And so it's very annoying. Yeah. They were like... Let's cast a white woman. I, I, I do. Um, what's Who's the lead in that movie? James McAvoy. James yeah. McAvoy. I'm happy for him and his start. And he is now. Well, I'm also happy to see Chris Pratt get hit in the face. Yes. Multiple we love. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. seeing that. Um, but let's get out of this negative area. Let's dig our way out of this tomb. Mm-hmm. Swing into action to our five star reviews. I feel kind of foolish saying this because I think this is maybe the consensus for most people, but Girl Interrupted, mm-hmm. 1999's Girl Interrupted, it's the film, it's the role that like really cements her as a star. It proves that she can do this whole acting thing. We basically talked about the plot in the in the rewind, but for those who don't know, it's based off a memoir, Girl Interrupted, by Susanna Kaysen, and... Winona Ryder plays Susanna Kaysen. She's an 18 year old who is put away in this. It's like a private uh, mental facility. facility. Yeah. Because it's not state run because it's very cushy. Yeah. And she's diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And essentially. And it's the 60s. It's the 60s. And essentially you're sort of seeing the stories of these women that inhabit this place with her. You have Clea Duvall, the late great Brittany Murphy who's amazing in this movie yes. Elizabeth Moss Angela Bettis uh and and just the 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 women that inhabit this you know not to quote Rose McGowan because of the person that she's become but <laughs> as Rose McGowan said at the time when she auditioned for the movie it's the only movie that women can audition for right now where they don't have to show their tits yeah yeah and I mean, and that's what it really feels like I, you know at this facility each of them is in there for their own reasons. Angelina Jolie, who's a diagnosed sociopath, which means she doesn't care about anybody. She just cares about the thrill that she's sort of going to get out of life or whatever's going to come next Chaos. Exactly. Um, her character, Lisa Rowe, has been in and out of this facility the whole time. She bullies everybody, but with that commands some sort of respect. The only person that doesn't seem to be bothered by her is Whoopi Goldberg's character mm-hmm. because she's had to deal with her for so long. Yep. And yeah, she kind of is the villain in this movie, but once again, it's not really a movie about good guys or villains. Yeah, and- she's the villain in that 
you know, Susanna really looks up to her kind of and like feels some sort of kinship because Susanna's dealing with her mental illness and I think is impressed by how gung ho and how in charge um, Lisa is. Um, But in the end is you have to make the choice. I mean, a lot lot of the movie and, and, and what one underwriter's character has to deal with is like, I can either like wallow in this. I can, you know, really just like sink under the weight of my mental health or I can, you know, try and get better, try and and, and live essentially. Like really it's all about like, do you want to live? And I think, you know, part of that attraction is Angelina Jolie's character feels very free and very living by her own code and doing her own thing by her own rules. But I think as you just said, there is that dark inverse to her. She's the reflection of like, but this could be my life where I spend the rest of my life escaping this place only to be dragged back by the cops right. every six months. It's the the romance of darkness, you know, and, and, yeah. and Whoopi Goldberg has to say, do not let this place be an anchor for you. Do not like, I mean, and, and it's truly, I mean, there are certainly folks out there who will romanticize the darkness, romanticize, you know, the gore blood whatever like mental like romance you should not romanticize mental illness yeah america um world uh and and i think it's very uh, susanna kind of really does see the romance of like oh she gets to do whatever she wants and she's a badass bitch and and but it's just like in the end kind of making that decision to be like no that's not what i want there's right. more I, I want to be a writer i i and i will um so, yeah, I love that movie. I love it, too. And, like, obviously Angelina Jolie gets, like, a lot of the starry, showy moments. I mean, the famous, like, I'll jab this into my aorta. Lisa, I have to do my checks. Yeah, and what? Taking five minutes from me would be a dereliction of duty? Huh? What if I had a punctured artery? What would you do? You just keep going about your rounds, ignore my wounds? Lisa, stop it. Stop what? You fucking peek. Look at this. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's enough. Take one fucking step and I'll jam this in my aorta. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stop it. Lisa. Your aorta is in your chest. Good to know. Which is funny and whatnot, but there, I like that everything she does has a darker twinge, you know? And at, and it's funny because what she's doing in that scene really is distracting the nurse so from... So she can have sex. Yeah, so so Susanna can have sex with Jared Leto. I know. Um, with a mustache. Yeah. And, but, uh, but, like, her ulterior motive, because she's just this agent of chaos is just like, because that would be a, like, that's something she's not allowed to do. Right. Like, it's more about like the, the bucking the rule than it is about actually helping Susanna. They paint her with so many beautiful colors and she really just like nails every fucking yeah, scene. And it's, it's not a performance that feels like it's talking down or, yeah. you know, it's a very good, well-rounded performance. And you don't get, She's she I I don't think she has had many more roles that no, require her to do. I have this theory. We'll talk about it in the fast forward. But okay. I have a I have a theory as to why that is. Okay, it's a very simple theory. But okay, <laughs> well, what is your five star review? So knowing that Girl Interrupted is that girl, um, I really um, I I my pick is 2005's Mr. Mrs. Smith, um, just because I think it encapsulates a lot of uh what she did so well in her career like to me it is the high point of her action um career but also was able to do some rom-com also giving you full sexual chemistry with 
Brad Pitt. I mean, it is. There's this the wonderful, wonderful scene where they have just found out that they are both assassins, um, spies, whatever the fuck. And they get home and she's like going to carve this turkey or whatever. And he's just like looking at this fucking knife and like, let me, babe. And like, and the music starts, just starts playing and they're just like scoping each other out. Um, it's, it's just so juicy. The, the like, uh, almost every scene, whether they're fighting each other, fighting someone else, it, what I love about this is the, the metaphor is that, you know, the joke is like, you never know who you're actually marrying. Right. Um, and the lies we tell our partners, um, and, and the, the funny thing is that they are more alike than they know. Like, they are both badass spies. They just don't know it. Um, and and the movie is framed or bookended by this, like, therapy session. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, you know, they're never they're not having sex. They're not talking to each other because they're lying to each other. They're lying um, about well, who they truly are. And at the end, they, you know, now know who each other is. Um, and they're just, like, so giddy, like, little children just being like, Ask me about how much sex we're having now. And like, and that's the ending of the movie. Right. Um, before that, it's kind of sloppy doppy. But I think she is very good. I think her and Brad Pitt are having so much fun. So how's work? <laughs> Actually, we had a, a little trouble with a commission. Is that right? Yeah. Double booking with another firm. Green beans? No, thank you. I'll have some. The the best part of this movie is them just like tearing the fucking house down. Yeah. Like them going after each other and then fucking yeah. in all of it. And like the the neighbors come over and they're like, oh, what? It's all fine in here. <laughs> um, I think this movie is just like really, really fun. And it uses a lot of her powers that she does have um, and deploys them really, really well. Um, it's a good pick. It's still not genuinely not my favorite, but I think she's very good in it. I think he's very good in it. Yeah. Um, was there anything else that you saw that you particularly liked? I will always go to bat for hackers, but that's like a childhood thing. And... I think she's very good in Changeling. Changeling, yeah, no, she is great, good in Changeling. It's just not f- fun to watch. I feel, I feel very similarly about Changeling that you feel for By the Sea. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, we got to talk Salt. Yes, yeah, Salt, and I do, I do think she's good in Salt. And I think if Salt had been more of a hit, we probably would have gotten a sequel. At oh some yeah, point. and yeah. It, it the the end of that movie is like begging for a Salt too, Electric yeah. Boogaloo. Like it's it's. That's now, now that's a thriller, honey. <laughs> Come back to me, tourist. Um, if she plans on doing another Kung Fu Panda sequel, I'd be fine with that. You would not be mad. I you would not be mad. Your Kung Fu Pandas. Um, you know, I think she. I, I I liked watching a Mighty Heart. Um, controversy aside. Yeah. No, she's she's good in it, and that that scream when she finds out, like, and that scene is gratuitous. I will say, mm-hmm. but real. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think I liked more than you did. Um, I would say the bone collector. Oh, the bone collector and fine. taking lives. Oh, really? Mm. I think they're both Ta- on taking, the same level. Taking of like, lives would be in my one star category. Okay. Could, the reviews yeah. are mixed. They are very mixed. Um, but let everybody know that we both loved Alexander. So it's really <laughs> bisexual icon. Alexander. She's a, uh, she's very good in her like very brief role in sky captain, the world of tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say that. 
But before we get into our fast forward, why don't we do our mixed review review? So my one star review was 2010's The Tourist. My one star review was 2014's Maleficent. And my five star review was 1999's Girl Interrupted. And my five star review is 2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. All right. Let's knock this house down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. Oh my God. Brad Pitt just wearing his little boxers. Yeah. I'm just like thighs, 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 thighs. Oh. She's so beautiful that I just don't think that no matter how good of an actor she is, which I do think she's a good actor, I do think she does a lot to embody her roles, that they were just ever going to give her good roles. Right. Ever. And I think she's had to fight for the good ones that she's had, and she's had to do a lot of work for the for the ones that like are maybe not so great to make them good. I also just think like there is there is a thing where Hollywood just like loves seeing hot girls um just like crumpled and destroyed. Yeah. And that's why I, I didn't mention this but I didn't like Gia. It just felt like so I get that. It's like already it's a very heartbreaking story. This is a real woman who, yeah. you know, died. And I get it. You got to show the darkness. But like that movie specifically was not (laughs) really even about her. It was, you know, these other people talking about her. And so I there's movies where I'm like, I I can imagine her being like, I don't want to fucking play the bitch. She's like, yeah, always dying and being beat up and whatever, Um, which maybe is why she loved playing these action heroes. Um, But even in playing a lot of those, like I think Laura Croft, her Laura Croft um, specifically, just like not like not a lot there besides no. like being like icy girl. Laura Croft to me, I, we should have mentioned that in the one star category. It's uh, funny. I watched the second one today for the first time ever because I'd never seen mm-hmm. it. And the one thing that I took away from the second movie was like she like murders a lot of people. Uh-huh. Just flat out murders for ancient mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> I totally see that, though, like. Just not get it's weird though, you know. We've talked to, certainly about a lot of beautiful women, um, and and their struggle maybe struggle is the wrong word, but like trying to prove beyond right the beauty, um, of it all. Um, and but with her, she, like none of the people that we've talked about have reached the like heights of her celebrity, and that's one thing I guess we haven't talked about because she is a star. But she's also just like a celebrity selling yeah. newspapers, selling magazines. Well, that, I mean, even the things that like, you know, her twins, <laughs> they sold the baby photos for $14 million. Now, all of that was for charity. Yeah. All of that went to their foundation. But like, who else can do that? Right. You know? Right. I mean, and and that, she's had to for a long time navigate both of the worlds. And even, you know, now doing Eternals, which... I saw. You have not seen. I've not seen. No. Um, I think she's very good in it. I liked Eternals quite a bit. I think more than most people. I've enjoyed the press tour that she's been going on with Selma Hayek. Yes, girl. Her, By the way, put them in a movie together. Yes, her and Selma. I took. I was like, yes, this is what I want. Um, I will say, seeing Angelina fighting in um, not like spyware was very refreshing and nice to see. Like. She is a gladiator, and that is correct. Um, and Selma Hayek is their leader. I'm like, correct. Um, thank you, Chloe Zhao, for putting these women in like these roles because, you know, we talked in our Selma episode. Like, there are not a lot of no places for Selma to do things that are not. And and when they are, when they're presented like 
like something like Outlaws. Yes, we it's, talked a, about. it's a it's like a, it's a all about the TNA. Yeah, yeah, and less about right. You know, I mean, it, you know, uh, less about like the the Beatrice at dinner type yeah. movies. Um, and so even though this was a superhero movie, it's there. I thought there was a lot of emotion. Even Angelina's um, character, who is this kind of like ethereal goddess warrior queen she has mental health things going yeah. on and so there's layers there um i i'm so happy to like learn that she's not yet 50 so because yes. it means we have so much more of angelina so much more i mean it's it's genuinely nuts and and it's not neither of us are saying that we think she looks old but there i will say in terms of acting like, there's a regalness to her that i think also feels like age uh, you know, feels like she's aged into and, and yes, but also she's just been famous for so much of both of our lives, yeah, that it feels like she's been famous forever. Well, it feels like she's just way more assured in who, who she is. Like, when you think about all of her, like, kind of gothy days, like, that's a young woman who's like figuring her shit out, you know, yeah. like figuring out fame, figuring out all that stuff, um, dealing with her family, dealing with you know, wanting a family. Um, and now, like, now you see her daughter wearing her, like, Oscar dress on the red carpet. Yeah. And that's just, like, that's a fucking move where it's, like, I'm a mother, and I, these are my kids, and, and like, her kids are, like, also becoming young adults yeah. as well. Everything that she does from, like, the announcement about her um, double mastectomy to, like, the red carpets to interviews she does, it feels like she's so in control now. Yeah. You know, um, it feels less wild. It feels less, you know... I don't know. She has matured into such a um, the role that I think Hollywood thrust upon her. Yeah. And she said, OK, fine. Um, and really has owned it earlier when I was talking about like there is like the top of the mountain for like old Hollywood modern. Like I feel like it, it it's her. It yeah. really is just her. I would I would love over the next couple of years, you know, if she doesn't want to act, that's fine. Yeah. I would love if she does like a movie every two three years just to like pay for her charities and her <laughs> foundations because i mean some of them are clearly a, a big cash drain and so yes. like she it's funny because it's not one of those things where she seems to be gathering wealth just to have it like she's not smog the dragon <laughs> right. she's actually paying for things that matter and things that are important to her but also i would love to see her continue to direct because i do think she has a good eye for it i think her films look beautiful and i know a lot of that has to do with the talent she's working with but she's good at picking that talent as mm. well too and so like i said first they killed my father you know half of that cast was children and they were so good and admittedly like i don't speak cambodian so maybe they're not maybe maybe they were <laughs> terrible but like it's it's cool to see her be able to work so well with people and have such a a grasp on on being in that role and you know maybe her maybe her films are a little heavy-handed but She's doing important work. Yeah. Which is, it's it's hard to say that about everyone. But, like, I, if she wants to retire, I do think she should maybe retire if if she no longer needs that the supplemental income. Well, yeah. no spoilers, but it looks pretty convincing that she makes it out of Eternals. Ooh. For, so, I, I foresee a lot more in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for her. Well, that's, I mean, the funny thing is, you know, people keep talking about the... the this is the first critic, you know, negative critic reaction. That's fuck off. But like the Marvel movies are critic proof and we know this. And like, as much as 
I'm a little marveled out, like, fine. This shit's critic proof. I'm sorry. But also, part of me is like, it's Chloe Zhao. She doesn't give a fuck. Like, she was like, she was... She first of all, Marvel doesn't give a fuck. Chloe Zhao doesn't give a fuck. Right. If you think Angelina Jolie gives a fuck, right. so sorry, sweetie. No, 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 no. I kind of love this realm that she's in, yeah. though. Right now, I I think you know she will be doing some Marvel movies for a while that will help fund her own shit for a while, and good on her. Absolutely. So I think she's had a brilliant career so far yes. and it's only going to keep happening and yeah. keep continuing and she's only going to keep it. I think she's also just going to keep expanding her charitable reach. You know, yes. she's going to keep a finger in every pie that she can in terms of helping people and exposing other, you know, we get very, as human beings, we get very ethnocentric. We get very, this is what's happening to me right now in this place. And I think her goal has always been, there's stuff, horrible stuff, happening in other places and there's more compassion in your heart than perhaps you know right and if you could just focus on that then maybe the world would be a bit better right and i know that it sounds all very pollyanna whatever i don't give a shit she's doing a good job she <laughs> yeah man you're up. such a fucking pollyanna <laughs> i've always said that i've always said that <laughs> but i think that brings us to the conclusion of angelina jolie I'm glad we were able to do that without like getting too into the deep dark, too into the gossip. Yeah, and, yeah. We all know, it. like, yeah, you've heard it before. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do want to write into us for any reason at all, mm-hmm. you can find us on Twitter at at the mixed reviews. We're also on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram. Just type in. The underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to our back catalog of episodes as you've been listening to this episode, you can find us on a plethora of podcast apps. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Audible. And if you do listen to us on Audible or Apple Podcasts, stop by, leave us a five-star rating and review, and we will read it on the show like we did at the beginning of this episode. Kevin, I forgot. What was that? Like a podcast place put our faces on a thing. Pod oh, Chaser. Pod Chaser. Pod yeah, Chaser. Yeah. They labeled us as one of the 60 podcasts you should get to know in November. So, hello, it's November. Get to know us, <laughs> friends. It's funny. They put us right underneath Nicole Byers. Why won't you date I, me? And I was like... I could not believe... I, I We've gone through some, like... Um, visual changes in our 100 plus episodes <laughs> but like the one our current graphics were right up there and i was like oh i felt so proud i felt proud yeah um, you should it's great well it's for us for us no i know but still like that's your design so it's so cool to see that there yeah, it was very cool so thank you to the pod chaser people for picking us out absolutely and i hope you guys listen um on all your favorite um you know places and um share with your friends absolutely the leaves are falling outside. Yes. Go out, but wear a mask. Still be safe if wear you need a mask. to be. Get your wear, booster if you need it. Wear your mixed reviews tote that you can buy on Redbubble. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we will see you in two weeks with another subject. Bye. Bye bye. Listen to the music in the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalks where the neon lights are pretty. How can how can you Lights are much brighter there. You can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, and go downtown. Things will be great when you're downtown. McWillie is going to wake up. 
Susanna, give me the guitar. Rhythm, yes, you're gonna give me fire, please. Absolutely. So why don't we get? Why don't we get? Why don't? Why don't we get? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> <laughs>